Happy Monday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the second episode of Pocket Thoughts. I am one of the co-hosts, Brandon, and today we'll be going back in time a bit, not only in presidential history, but in our lives as well. Our first topic will be Abe Lincoln's management style, and if we agree with it and how we ourselves manage others. Our second topic we discuss is criticism from others and how each of us handle it. And the final topic, Bobby, Brady, and Joey bring us back to their high school days and the first time they were all part of a company together and how poorly it went. I hope you guys can learn a thing or two from our experiences and apply them into your own lives. Be sure to subscribe to us and comment on what you guys thought of the episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and like us on Facebook for more content. Enjoy the show. right into it i have a question for all of us to answer and it really came from a podcast about abraham lincoln and it was focused on his management style and how good old president abe he would basically write notes to people that made him angry so if someone in his cabinet someone that was a general in the war made him upset he wrote a long letter to that individual and then stuffed it in his desk. So he never actually sent that to anybody because he believed that you never hurt someone's feelings, you never put someone down. And I think it's just such a valuable management style that everyone should use because it's so hard, at least in my opinion, it's so hard to do that I'm really curious about what all of us guys think what we think about our management styles, what we would want to do in the future, how we want to manage people, and what we actually, or how we actually enjoy being managed. So, we'll just kick it off with good old Brady. Yeah, I think it's an interesting take uh, by Honest Abe. I think it's uh, quite the way to approach management. I think we think of management as feedback and helping other people grow. And I think this is, this is an interesting one because I, I've never heard of anybody that kind of locks away their management and doesn't give feedback to people. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure people still got feedback, but me personally, I am a, I'm a big fan of getting feedback. I think it's tough to improve on the work you're doing. I think it's tough to see where your shortcomings are. If you don't have someone giving you honest feedback on your work, I think it's really, really difficult to honestly step back and evaluate yourself and the type of work that you do, it's easy to be on one side or the other, be either overcritical of yourself or on the other side of that, be light and not um, see kind of some of where you might fall short. So I'm not sure if I'd be a big fan of this. Uh, I think I would rather have someone tell me to my face what I'm doing wrong or a time that I upset them so I wouldn't do it over and over and over again rather than having it locked away. Having said that, I think it is a valuable tool where you can use this and not be stepping on other people's toes or making people upset, but still getting the feelings and the emotions off your chest. I think one thing that weighs down on people really heavily is 
if you have that management style and you're not giving that feedback out to people, you're not telling people how they upset you or how they can do things better. But I think the style of being able to write it down is a good way to get it off your chest without actually negatively impacting others around you. So I think it's really interesting. I've, I've never heard anything like it from, from my perspective. I like both ways of doing it. I like that I think a good way that you can do it is to still write it down, gather your thoughts, and then have some good critique going back to them instead of just writing it down, not doing anything about it. Because I feel the same way. I need someone to tell me like, hey, next time let's do it this way. You know, so you don't make that same mistake again, because if no one's going to tell you, then you're just going to keep making the same mistakes. So, yeah, I'd really like if I would probably take that same approach is, you know, you write it down, you actually see what you're saying, because it's the heat of the moment thing where you can write down so much stuff. And later you look back at it and you're like, OK, maybe I overreacted a bit to that and I can say it this way instead and have it be better that way. I think more importantly it's not really about what lincoln was doing and i think if we apply it to modern times it's the same as someone really pissing you off and you write them that email that you didn't think through or you write that text or you call them and chew them out for making the wrong move i think looking back at president lincoln's notes it was more like he would get all of the anger out he would get so frustrated, then he would lock that anger away and go, no emotion, straight facts, this guy's still really good at what he does, and I just need to make sure I still optimize him in the proper ways. And I think that's really interesting in the sense that, and this is going to be a rabbit hole that we can go very deep on, I think if you look at the book How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie really hits home on if you're a good manager, you're going to manage in a style that you never yell at someone, you never fire someone, you're always managing them in a way that they're always performing at their best. That's your job as a manager to make them perform at their best. It's your job to learn their skill sets. Uh, how to optimize what they do, and really understanding of how they really work. I think that's interesting, and and I, I want to jump in there because I, I think that's a good point that is important to note here is that I think you do have to understand how people work, and I think some people need that push. I think without without um, some people need the fire lit under their ass per se, you know, to get to get good work done. A lot of people aren't. A lot of people are self-starters and can do it on their own and kind of iterate on their own. And I think with a style like this, you might be missing the group that needs a little fire under them without without the criticisms or the feedback, the harsh feedback. And it doesn't even have to be harsh, but the honest and direct feedback. I think the good thing about it is exactly what you said. I think in most scenarios, most managers or overseers do respond with emotion and not with the cold hard facts. And I think that's when it's really tough to effectively manage people is when you're responding with those emotions because you're you're letting that cloud the vision of actually the actual work that's being done and how that person's performing. It's more an, an emotional response. So I, I think on that part of it, it's probably one of the best things that I've heard. The closest thing that I've heard to it is writing the email and saving it till the next morning and seeing if you still want to send it. But I think there's a whole way to actually physically get it out. I, I really like that component of it. 
Yeah, I just want to build on a little bit what Brady said. I think what Abe is doing is just another way, in a more extreme way, of, I guess, what Brady just mentioned on the tail end is letting yourself cool down for a day, you know? Like, yeah, you got those emotions. Someone got you real heated by a decision that they made or a mistake that they made. But, yeah, you're pissed off. Give it a day. If you're still mad, that that probably warrants some type of criticism of some sort that needs to be constructive criticism that needs to be said. Giving it that time to cool off is... I guess Abe was doing a more extreme version of, of that type of practice. So Brady just mentioned really lighting a fire under someone's ass for the most part. Like some people need it. They need to get a little kick in the butt. Now, all honesty, do any of us here take criticism differently? If like if I came up to you, yelled at you, was pissed, would that do anything for you or would you just be mad? Like for me personally, yell at me as much as you want. I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to be mad for about an hour, but you're going to get through to me way more than you would if it was like, yeah, you know, you've done a really good job here, here, and here. We're just missing a little something there. So, any of you guys feel that way? I mean, for me, I get, I'll get mad at first, but then you start to think about it. You're like, okay, they had a purpose for what they just did. They're not just, I mean, yeah, you could light a fire under someone's ass, but like, if I, I'll start to think about it, and I'll be like, okay, yeah, they, there is truth in that, and I need to actually step up there or do this and that. So I'll get mad at first, but then I'll like start to think about it, and I'll be like, okay, I need to get it figured out. Yeah, um, I would say that um, it's not always a tactic that works for me, but it very commonly it does. The thing is, once they come at me with something, I get real pissed off and be like, all right, fuck you, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna show you, like, honestly, like, I'm gonna show you that I can do better, that I can be better than what you're seeing right now, and I'm gonna surpass what you even criticized me about. And honestly, th this, this is a tad bit unrelated, but this, I think this was brought to me through sports, you know, people yelling at you, and, and when, when you're younger, and, and that kind of makes you mad and wanting to surpass people's expectations, really. So, I, I think that's a good. I think that's a good point, though. I think that's. I think I know a lot of people within athletics that have that mindset, kind of. You know, that's. I want to prove you wrong. Like you think I can't perform to this level. Let me prove you wrong. And watch I, me exactly. And I. I, th I think that works for a lot of people. I think for me, it's a self a self awareness piece. I think it's really easy to just like how someone can respond to you with emotion, exactly what you're saying, is get caught up in the emotion of some people take it as let me prove you, other people take it as no, you're wrong. You, you know, like let me tell you what you missed. Um, and I think in times like that, it's trying to step back and objectively say what facts or what truth is there behind this? Is is it is it someone responding to me with just emotions, or is there a truth behind this? Am I actually underperforming? Am I actually not living up to what I said I could do? And then from there, s assessing the situation and saying, okay, either yes, this was a valid point, or no, maybe they just had a tough day and were, we're taking out on me. So I think part of it is a self-awareness piece that not not every, not everybody has, but that's one thing that I try and have, have at least worked on is being able to objectively step back and assess where it's coming from. And, and another good way to assess that is... 
I mean, are you just getting that feedback from that one person or have you gotten that feedback numerous times? If you've gotten that feedback numerous times, and that probably means there's an issue there, right? Um, if there's just this one person that gives you this feedback and you, you don't think that's the case, maybe you maybe you ask around and get people other people's feedback. I mean, that's really important because it could be someone just being pissed off or it could be something that someone that's just dead on right. So you got to, I think, get other people's perspective on that as well. My bigger question to that would be, is that really sustainable management style? Like, if I'm managing 100 people and... 40% of them are like, fuck this guy. I, I'm just going to prove him wrong, but man, does that dude piss me off. Like, is that a sustainable way to manage your employees? They got to think, like, why does it keep happening? What do you think, like, should be his way of changing that to make them not think that way? Yeah, I know, I get that, but that's what I'm saying. Is that sustainable? As a manager, can you legitimately be a good manager by pissing off half of your employees all the time to light a fire under their butts. Consistently, no, because eventually it's just going to be just chatter, you know? If you constantly yell, if you constantly p get pissed off, it's going to be the norm, right? So, no, consistently you can't do that. And I think it has to be a very valid reason for you to do so. It can't be your management style of consistently applying this. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a good question. Like... I think long, like, because, I mean, we all, we all have had someone at some point that you're learning from or is, is managing you or teaching you that you have people that are on one spectrum that you can't do anything wrong and everything's good and all your work is fine. And then you have the other people that seem to critique everything. And I think it, it depends on the person you are, but also depends on, I think that what you were saying is like the timeline of it. If you're going to keep doing it forever... It's the boy who cried wolf, you know, it's not, it's not an, it's not an emergency or it's not a big deal. If you're, if you're yelling at me every week, I'm going to expect that I'm going to get that every week and it stops becoming a thing that I'm going to focus on. I mean, I've, I've been on hockey teams where the team has come together because a coach is just an absolute <laughs> dickhead at the start of the, and like, but not, not for the consistent entire year, but comes on as a huge hard ass at the start of the year. And like, it helps bring, I think in that instance, it can help bring people together, but you have to know who you're working with. This is totally my opinion right right here, but this is a perfect example of Tom Thibodeau, uh, the coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He just barks all game so loud and just yells. And if I was a player, I would not know when to listen to him and when just like to just let him be, you know? It's like he's yelling all the time. Should I actually be listening to him right now or should I just like drown out the noise, you know? So, I mean, you have to be strategic about when you decide to light said fire. In all seriousness, any of our female listeners, I'd love you to write us a comment on this because I honestly have no idea. I've pretty much managed... I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> oh. Sorry, Siri. <laughs> 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 Siri didn't understand that. <laughs> Sorry, Siri, we're getting into... Uh... <laughs> but I pretty much, personally, I've mostly only managed male employees. And I am very good at understanding how a male mind works. But I also want to make sure my management style transfers over to females. Because we are built differently. 
I mean, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying there's any difference in the workplace or anything like that, but we think differently. And I want to make sure all of my management tools apply to everyone. Is there a style out there that you actually think we could apply to everybody or is it all based off of reading each individual? I think that brings up a good point that the question would be, so you said that you have mostly managed males, correct? Yeah. Right? And I think a lot of people have, have been, or, or males, have been in that situation where whether it's it's on sports teams or building businesses or that sort of thing, you've had the chance to manage or work on teams with males. And you say you understand males well. What's, what, what is your management style that you have towards male that, males that you see that works? Oh, I mean, it's changed significantly over the years. I would say at the beginning... It was very passive-aggressive. Yeah, subtle hints, but pretty much jokes, so they have no idea what I'm doing. And it led nowhere good. I couldn't fire people that I wanted to fire because I just didn't have the guts to do it. As things started to change, and the way I manage people now is, I'm very conscious about just really making sure their voice is heard. If I'm with employees... All I care about in that meeting is hearing what they need and what their take is on certain things. Let me give an example. If a project wasn't completed in time and I actually take the time to just listen to that employee explain it, I have the opportunity to hear if they were legitimately slacking on the project or I did a very poor job defining what needed to happen in that project. So if I actually wait and let all those emotions sink to the side for a while, I can figure out if I should even be getting mad or frustrated at all. It might just be completely my fault. So that's how I manage now. And I don't even know if that's necessarily a management style, but that's just, it really just comes down to open communication. Very open, all the way to the top. I, I think that I think that is a management, I, I mean, yeah, maybe not a management style per se, that you maybe put in a book or something, but I, th- I still think it's a management style. So when when you have that and you have that open communication style and you're saying that you listen to employees and what they have to say and someone comes back and a, and a deliverable isn't isn't done on time or it isn't done correctly, kind of what was what was expected, where does that onus fall? Is that something that is on a case-to-case basis? Is that something that falls on the employee like for you personally where does that onus fall so it's hard because currently what we're doing is building basically internet platforms right while doing that we can use either agile waterfall approach or scrum and we use scrum which is pretty much a form of agile in that sense for all of you out there that do do internet someday this is going to blow your mind but when a deadline isn't completed, that's pretty much the point of Scrum. So there are no deadlines ever. Like, there are no deadlines. You just keep making progress, you create subtasks, you do sprints, and you try to finish those things. And if you finish them, great. If you don't, you come together and you go, oh, didn't quite finish it, but we're making progress and we know where we're at. That's very different than if you're managing something like take our three timbers. This was our landscaping company that us guys ran in the past. The last year we were really focused on three timbers. We had a lot of employees that were new to landscaping. 
and they could completely screw up a project. But the thing is, most of the time I put that blame on me. Because even though I thought they should have the capability and understanding to figure out how to do something like that, even if it was simple as laying mulch, I made the mistake of not putting myself in their shoes when I gave them the task. I think that's what a lot of upper management fails to do. And I think we've talked about this in the past. I think upper management forgets what position all their employees and other people within the company are actually in. And that makes it hard because you expect so much more out of your employee. You expect your employee to complete the same tasks at the same level of quality as you yourself completed at. When they honestly might be doing it for the first time, they're learning on the fly, and they're just trying to do their best work. They're nervous as hell to come and show you it. But like we forget about that aspect. And Brady and I talked about this in the past where, and I think this transfers over to management stuff, like we're early we're, we're early entrepreneurs, or we're just exploring our first careers, whatever it is. And we go to these guys for help sometimes. They will just make you feel like, like an absolute dumbass. Like, you will sit there and they will use terminology that you've never heard in your life because it's all these crazy terms that only their company uses, so how are you supposed to know? But they just forget about that. And when you don't know the term, they're like, you don't know what that is? What's wrong with you? What do you even do? And you're like, gosh, I am dumb. Until you take a step back and go, oh, actually, he just, he just thinks I'm on the same level as him. I think that's really hard for both managers and employees to understand there is this gap. And I think it's really important as a manager to try to fill that gap as much as they can. So really the way I do it is I blame myself and then I work on communicating to the best of my ability to fill and fix that problem. And obviously there's... There are times that that doesn't work. Like if someone legitimately made a huge mistake that was like absurd, something needs to change. But that doesn't happen very often. And I think it's one of those things too where it's it depends on if it's an error in action or in execution or in the actual the actual thought process of it. If if that makes sense, I don't. Yeah. I don't know what what word I'm I'm looking for there, but obviously errors and mishaps and physical errors are going to happen. I mean, no, like you're just not going to have perfection. I think those for me are, are, are more, more acceptable because they're going to happen for everybody, regardless of if you're the most skilled at your craft or, or just beginning. I think what managers need to learn or anybody managing people and what you were just talking about is like what I learned through that process is understanding what, those people that you are managing need what they need what like where they see that they have gaps where they aren't fully comfortable doing what they're doing and then being able to serve them like they i think i think being able to flip it on its head right because as a manager i think a lot of managers think what can everybody do to serve my goal and really like as a manager you're there to serve everyone else like i i you have the ability you have the expertise you have you were able to build whatever you built, and now you're trying to teach and aid everyone else in what they're doing, I think. And I think that's maybe a little bit different way to look at it, but I don't know if that makes – does that make sense to – I don't know. To anyone here? To okay. And now I hope our listeners are just really ready for something unique, and I'm going to bring it up only because we're talking about management now. So just a little background on our past, but at one point Brady Joey – and I were business partners. 
and our management style was horrible. We couldn't manage ourselves as partners in a company. And I've never really asked exactly what everyone was thinking because I was the douchebag that made sure when I didn't get it my way, I slowly pushed people out of the company. And I can admit that. Like, I mean, it was also our decision together, but when something wasn't going my way, I thought, gosh, I got to figure out a way to get Joey out of here. Like, Honestly, Joey is not doing what I think he should do as a manager, as the founder of a company. Or it just doesn't work. Doesn't work with what I'm doing. So it was selfish. And Brady, Brady and I worked for a couple years, and just because I got there's some miscommunication problems. Brady didn't have a phone for the summer. My response was, I gotta try to push him out. In the sense that I believe I can do this better, I can bring this, I can push this company further. But at this moment, I'm just being held back, and that that was 100% my fault. And I share it with people all the time because I should have, in that situation, done a better job to actually understand both of you guys and understand how could we work together to make things way bigger. Because I think they could have been way bigger than what they became if we were all a team. If you guys are open to it, I'd first like to hear, Joey, what you were thinking, <laughs> like, during that time. Mm-hmm. And then I'd like to hear, Brady, what you were thinking and what you think we could have done differently that would have made it work. So this is going to be kind of a, a conversation that develops as each of us talks, I believe, because it's something we have kind of talked slash joked about, but we haven't had like a legitimate serious conversation about the whole process. Like we we understand that we all sucked at knowing how to manage and working together and how to be uh, business partners, but we've never had like a legitimate conversation about how we felt about it and what could have been done to improve it. You guys are in for a treat. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, this will be a developing conversation because it's it's it'll it'll all be new here. So, and sorry, Brandon, in advance. Because... <laughs> That's all right. I didn't make it past the day, so <laughs> I didn't have too much drama. Like Bobby was saying, if you guys know anything about Minnesota, we are the most passive aggressive people in the nation. I I swear. And so, when something's not going our way. We don't say anything about it, but we'll try to hint at it, right? (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes our hints are too subtle or sometimes they're too strong. (laughs) And it's just all over the board and no one is happy. So what happened was we were all passive aggressive about it. And eventually it was just bubbling down in the deeps of our souls and finally exploded when... We just split up, and we were all pissed off. At well, I, I was pissed off at them, too, and then I don't know how their whole thing went, but um, it might have been different. But it was terrible because a business ruined a friendship for, like, a year at least, and that's it's pretty sad. But getting back to Bobby's question, I just felt frustrated throughout the whole process. And that was just because of the lack of communication between us. You know, if if we were just honest and came out front, just 
can you just give me a rundown of your day and kind of what you achieved today and what was the reasoning why this job got done so quickly or these two jobs didn't even get finished today and the deadline was yesterday like what happened here like um, just so I can understand better and, and then on, on the flip side from my point of view it's the same thing it's, it's a two-way communication it's having him understand why something was more difficult than maybe it, we planned for it to be so it took longer or something got finished quicker blah 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 whatever it may be and we didn't have that conversation so when the job didn't get done maybe Bobby got mad at me because he thought that I was inefficient and I totally could have been like hundred <laughs> percent could have been I'm not saying that I wasn't whatsoever so he was pissed off and mad at me but then let's say it wasn't that way then I'm mad at him for being mad at me and then no one confronts anything and nothing gets solved. We've learned a lot through this and carried this through to our now friendship again <laughs> and new business venture. Honestly, straight up in that moment, what were you thinking of me? Like what like be straightforward. The moment when you guys when we had that meeting on your driveway? Yeah. <laughs> Tell them what the what we had the meeting, what the meeting was. <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't remember fully, but I remember you two were there and it was like, from my memory, it was you, we don't think you work hard enough. <laughs> Wasn't it? Oh yeah. It was <laughs> like, it was. I, we don't think you work hard enough. And that's kind of the, I, I don't know. That's honestly all I remember of it and that I would be gone of the company. So honestly, fucking hated Brady and Bobby at that point. <laughs> I was like, screw them. They have no idea what I've been working on or what I've been doing. And that was just lack of communication. It was idiotic. So stupid. Oh my gosh. And not happy, to say the least. If, if you couldn't tell from our uh, friendship being gone for at least a year. And, and I mean, like, didn't really talk at all. It, it, was, it was a true friendship that just got demolished for a while. I remember that. The the driveway. The driveway. I just remember like, oh my god, it's driveway. happening. Someone like, was someone shit. was sitting or standing on the trailer. Yes. I, was, I, I like dude, I remember like pieces of it. I know. I, I think it was like one of those like you have like traumatic experience and your brain just like blocks it out. Oh, I was just I, like blacked out. I remember because for two months leading up to that, I was talking to everyone I knew about it. I'm sure you were prepping for it. I was talking to my parents, <laughs> I was I couldn't sleep that night. Like, I was so nervous. I couldn't figure out what the heck I was going to do. It just stressed me out. Like, that whole summer, my mom would say, for like two months, she's like, you are just depressed. And I was like, I'm freaking out. Because I'm going to tell my brother, slash my best friend and brother, that we need to part ways. And clearly, at that young of an age, did a horrible job of doing it. Because we just couldn't communicate properly. And I think that stuff that you learn along the journey, because if I was starting another company today, day one, it was my first company, I'm sure I'd run into the same problems. Like legitimately every company I start now, I tell our story at the beginning, every single one, even when we got to bet together again for educating entrepreneurs, that's what I brought up because it traumatized me so much that there is no chance I will ever make that mistake again. 
And the only reason I won't make it again is because, unfortunately, it happened with my closest friends. And luckily, I guess maybe luckily it did happen with my closest <clears throat> friends because it allowed us to have the maturity to fix it and learn from it. I'm not in the starting businesses realm, and I can't tell you how many times I've told that story. Like, in interviews and, like, literally for like group projects and leadership roles, like... Yeah, I've been through as bad as it gets, so like, <laughs> throw me whatever the hell you got, it doesn't get worse, and people are like, oh shit, okay, like, <laughs> but like, you learn so, like, I seriously am so thankful for it. It sounds like really weird, that's a weird thing to say, but like, I learned so much shit about myself, and about like, how to handle situations, and how like, to do things in the worst possible way, I learned so much from it, that I seriously apply Every single day, every project I'm on, like I can think about it and I know like exactly when situations are going into like areas you don't want them to be and like relationships into areas you don't want to be and just the process of like putting the, I think just like putting it off in general, how like bad that is. And like one big thing is like what you said is like communication. And like, I think it was like expectations without guidelines. It was just like people just like expected things to get done, but never talked about like what anyone expected. It was just like, why didn't this get done? It's like, I don't know. We didn't fucking talk about it. That's probably why. <laughs> well, dude, I expected you to get it done. <laughs> like, I'm, how am I supposed to know that? But yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm super, and it sounds, and mine was a, a little bit different. Backstory on mine was <laughs> around, I don't know, April, broke my phone. And like, this is Brady talking, by the way, and you'll probably learn that communication is, has been a weak point of my past. <laughs> Weak point is, is the the softest way I could possibly say it. It is a hole in my uh, in my skill set. Um, a gap. A gap. Mm-hmm. I'm, but I mean, like, it's not a gap. It is completely non-existent. <laughs> it was. Uh, anyways, around April time, broke my phone. Decided that even though that myself and my best friend are still operating a business with what do we have? 10, 10 employees at that point. Twelve mm-hmm. employees. That I just didn't need a cell phone and I was just going to communicate exclusively through email. <laughs> <laughs> so that led to, I don't know, three three months. I didn't have a phone until after we, after I exited the business when I was just like, <laughs> fuck it, I'm done. Like, Which like doesn't make sense because like I was not communicating. But yeah, mine was just 100% non-communication. I wasn't – the funny thing was like at the point when I left – I wasn't even like upset. I mean, like I was upset, but I wasn't really upset at you. I was more just like perplexed as like, you don't have a fucking phone and you've been like operating a business, but like you just like Bobby just operates it. And then you just like, don't do anything and just expect things are going to get done. So mine was like definitely communication as well, but like on a whole different level. And it was like, I think my exit was a lot different because I knew that it was my fault. Like maybe not in the moment, but like I knew whether I wanted to admit it to myself or not, like I knew it was it was on me because like if I have a cell phone, none of that happens. You know, like we communicate every day and I, it's so funny because I still have that old email and I have a string of like, like 400-ish emails of me and Bobby back and forth for that summer. But it sounds weird, but it, it is like the best thing that I think I could have gone through. Because, like, I don't think I would have realized, like, how, honestly, and, like, I think, like, one thing with management or anything in general is, like, how big of a deal communication is. Whether it's with business partners, whether it's with your wife or your significant other or your family or your friends, like, communication is, like, how everyone understands what's going on and being, like, open and clear. 
and I had never been great at that and I'm still not great at it but like compared to what I was like oh my god I'm like I went from like a negative 10 rating to like a three now I'm positive but still like I didn't realize how big of a problem and how big of problems that that creates because to me it was just something that like I I liked to not have my phone on me like it made me feel like free and I liked that feeling but it's it's like unfair to other people if you're if your ex expectations without guidelines or without communication I was just like expecting things would get done and for some reason thought that we could just like telecommunicate through our brains or whatever and I don't know, but now I like realize how big of a problem that is and I have evaded and like solved so many problems before they've happened because of that. And like I can't tell you like how much better I've done in other areas of startups working with like medical devices and, and other areas of at Notre Dame and even now here in DC that I think I would have got into very like rough areas just because of communication. And like how to handle those situations, but like now I, I I know how bad that gets and like how to avert it, I guess. So I don't I don't know. It was it was like seriously. It, I am so thankful for it, and that sounds like ridiculous. Like oh yeah, okay, Brady. Like I seriously because like as much as I had to lose, like it was the best thing it could have taught me. I think and that's that's just like me personally. Like still, it was a terrible like traumatic experience, but the best like terrible traumatic experience I could have been through, and that is one hundred percent completely honest. Well, Everybody I in the agree. room. I agree. You guys want to hear what I was thinking? Go for it. Love to hear it. <laughs> I probably heard some of it, but... Oh, yeah, for sure. Joey's and Brady's situation was a little different because one of them was more my fault than the other one. But Joey's situation, and looking back on it, I think this is for everyone out there. Like Brady said... You just need to communicate what you what your expectations are. Really sit down and figure out what your ex expectations are and make sure everyone else knows what they are. I think whether you're an entrepreneur, you're trying to climb the ladder, whatever it is, if you're an overachiever, you like to think that everyone's thinking the same way that you are. And that's just a mistake. With Joey, I was so excited about growing the company and I was so excited about the method I had in my mind to grow the company I didn't even put that in words for Joey and Brady to follow at the beginning and when Joey just so happened not to be doing that I thought he was a huge douche for just not caring like me when he just had no idea that I cared like that because I had no expectations for him that was the wrong way to look at it because I think I was under the impression that we're all founders, so we should all care the same amount and pour in the same amount of time and just give it our all always. But we all live different lives, and some things just don't work for every one of us. So even if you're a founder and you're doing things with your best friends, you better make sure you have an operating agreement, you have actual measurable tasks in place for each of you to follow, and that'll make your life way better. I still remember... This is sweet good for, for Joey, just because this is what I always think about. We, we had this big project at this, this home where we were cutting down trees. And I had some internal rage over the span of about two, three weeks during this project that I just did a poor job of displaying, you know, and... The thing that pushed it over the top, and this is just crazy, 
that this is how a friendship could be broken. We're cutting down trees and we're floating them in the lake to the shoreline. And I just feel like I'm dying. I'm at my wit's end. Big tubby boy is just trying to get up that <laughs> stupid hill. And I look out in the lake and Joey's just swimming out in the bay. And he's gathering little twigs and leaves that floated out into the bay. And I'm sitting there with these 100-pound logs going, what the hell is going on there? I'm going to be honest. I don't remember this. <laughs> Do you remember it, Brady? I, I, no, I'm saying it like I, I could I could totally imagine, but I just remember how brutal that fucking job was. I'm just imagining like the – and I can imagine the story and now. And so Joey was honestly probably doing the right thing because the DNR wants you to have all that stuff picked up. But when I was looking at him out there, I was just like, that's my limit. <laughs> this kid doesn't do shit. I can't believe I'm just I'm hauling these logs for no good reason. <laughs> so that was honestly the day that I was like, Brady, I can't. I, can't. I don't know what to tell you. I just can't. I can't do it. And so that's like the first time I made it known that it bothered me. And then it really boiled over one day when Joey and I were on the golf course. And we got in a bit of a squirmish or fight on a golf cart. And all I tried to do, this sounds like anger management problems when I say it out loud. (laughs) All I tried to do is just flip him out of the cart as hard as I could. So how did it start? I think you were like going and I jumped on. Yep. And then you started like turning really fast. Yeah, I just wanted nothing to do with you. I can't remember. (laughs) It's... So that just shows that if I could have just done a little better job of telling Joey what I expected and he would have told me what he expected, we could have easily fixed that problem. There would have been zero moments during that summer that I would have been talking behind his back, that I would have been trying to figure out how to let him go behind his back. We would have been actual partners. People that actually wanted to figure out the ups and downs together. Because that's what you're supposed to do when you work together. That's what you're supposed to do when you manage employees. You're in it together. Whether good times or bad times, the best managers just know how to figure it out together as a unit. And so that's what happened with Joey and I. And then Brady's Brady already explained it to you. Went through a long span where... I was like, I'm running a company by myself. Just what's going on? Months. So month, like so, a summer, an entire summer. So there wasn't really a lot of anger there or frustration, but it just shows legitimately management. It all comes down to communication. And I think it's really interesting because I just talked to an executive at Wells Fargo last week and he was telling me about, like he manages a couple thousand people. And I was like, how did you get to this point? And he's like, you know what? When I came out of college, Day one, I pretended I was a manager. Every single employee that was, or every single one of my coworkers around me, I pretended I was their boss. And I thought about everything I said. I thought about every way that I phrased tasks. And even when I left the office and I went to the bar with them, because I was so concerned about how I communicated things, I left at seven or eight every single time because I thought, after that time, I'm not going to do anything that I communicate. I won't communicate anything properly outside of the office. And if I want to manage them properly, I always need to make sure I'm very clear. I'm very straightforward. And I give them a group of tasks that they can complete that makes both of us happy. 
and we both accomplish what we need. And I thought, I thought, like, that's fascinating that he had that mindset at 24. And now he's one of the larger managers in the country. And I think all of us can take a page from that book. We and took I, you guys on a spiritual journey today, a spiritual healing of our <laughs> of our entire crew. I think it's probably, probably wrap it up for the night tonight, huh? Yeah, that'd probably be good. Right? Yeah. Wrap it up for the night? Yep. Sounds good. Well, once again, we appreciate you guys being with us and... We're excited to uh, keep telling tales and, and teaching you and learning along the way as, uh, as you guys learn. So thanks again for joining us tonight, and we'll, we'll see you for the next time.